It's time to raise your voice. It's time to be heard. Because everything counts. Everything matters. Good news. Christian values. Alabama's Christian Talk Radio. With Greg Davis. Priority Talk. Hey, we are live on this Thursday night. So good to be with you tonight. And my name is Nate Williams for Priority Talk Radio, WXJC. Greg Davis is out traveling. He will be with us soon. Do not worry. He will be back. And so it's me in the studio with Stuart and Andrew holding it down. And uh, we're going to have a good time. We have so much to talk about. Uh, Stuart, Andrew, how are y'all? We're doing good. Doing good. Man, that is good to hear, y'all. We got a lot of stuff, good stuff going on. It's going to be in the 70s this weekend. So 70s, uh, maybe a little cloudy uh, at, with the app I'm looking at. Maybe a little sunny Sunday on Sunday and Monday. But yeah, in the 70s. So I am excited. But it was cold recently. Now, I say cold. I don't... I, I'm from the north. And so I joke about this from time to time. I'm called a, a bleepity bleep Yankee. And uh, so it's not really cold. I come from the Maryland, D.C., Virginia area. And that's a whole nother conversation. Does that even count as the north? I'll tell some people and they're like, well, it's north of Alabama, so it's uh, you're a Yankee. Then other people are like, actually, Virginia, Maryland aren't exactly in the north really you could consider them south as well so i don't know where you fall on that but that's the area where i came from and so yeah nights in the in the low 30s not too bad but i know it can be a little chilly for alabama and it was a little frosty last couple couple mornings and so uh, up north uh, or if you want to consider it north uh, it would get here's how i describe the weather it gets real cold for for longer and then it gets hot, kind of like Alabama, but it just doesn't last as long. The heat does not last as long as it does in Alabama, and it's not as humid. But in terms of just pure temperature, it'll get pretty hot up north as well. But anyways, enough of the weather. La, la, la. And so here we are, the first hour from 5 to 6. Y'all know we are on weekdays, Monday through Friday, 5 to 7. We are here in the first hour. And what are we talking about today? Well... We're going to walk through the news together, and we'll hear a lot of interesting things, uh, various uh, scandals, news stories to talk about. And then in the second hour, y'all stay tuned because we will have a conversation on masculinity and the crisis of men in uh, in this culture. Men are struggling. Why is that? What can we do about it? And so we'll talk about that in the second hour. But before I get into all that, I had a devotional um, this morning read, uh, and this was the U version. Let's see, uh, it was the verse of the day from the U version, and I I read that a little bit, and I was like, this is good stuff. So uh, the U version Bible app, and so I went with that. Romans fifteen. 
verses 5 through 7. I'm going to read it for you, and we'll talk about it briefly and then get into the news. Uh, This is words of Paul, Romans chapter 15, verses 5 through 7. May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another, in accord with Christ Jesus, that together you may be, excuse me, You may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. And so a lot of y'all are driving home. I know that's our audience. A lot of drivers, people heading back from a long day of work. And it is tough to live in harmony with one another. So maybe you have some coworkers, you just want to fight. Maybe just maybe some tough times with the wife or the, the, the husband back home. Maybe, I don't know, kids are struggling. And it is real tough to live in harmony. Well, that's why we pray this prayer. May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another that we rest in what Jesus Christ has done for us. Y'all in grace, grace grace. So if you're heading home, ready to have a tough conversation, or maybe things have been a little, not not just frosty on the outside, you know, with the weather, but kind of frosty relationally, y'all run with endurance and encouragement. Give each other grace. Y'all, God has forgiven us of so much, so much of our sins, you know, all of our sins, but, you know, we need to make sure that we love and forgive those around us. And why do we do that? Verse six, that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. We're not in this race for ourselves so that we can look to our Heavenly Father. We can thank Him for His many blessings. We can thank Him for the gospel. God has been so good to us. And then, therefore, you know, we worship God, we glorify Him, therefore, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. And so as we get into this hour, like I said, we have several good stories to talk about, you know, just see what's out there. We'll also talk about Romans 14 and how it handles relationships, that conflict resolution is so important. How do we manage the bumps in the road, all the things going on, that as Christians, there there should be something different about the quality of our relationships. It's not that we're perfect, no, but we worship a perfect God who gives perfect grace, and that's the grace that we give to those around us. And so there should be a quality of forgiveness in our relationships. That doesn't mean excusing wrong, like, oh, I forgive you, everything you did was okay. No, no, we don't want to do that. But there's a quality of, hey, I forgive you as God has forgiven me. What you did was wrong. But off of the Psalms, we remember the Psalm of David and Bathsheba. I know ultimately your wrong is between you and God. And so I'll leave it between you two. And my forgiveness is pointing you to the cross. And so recently on Wednesday nights, I've been teaching a class a little bit on on various aspects of, uh, you know, counseling, forgiving, uh, grace, anxiety, relationship problems, singleness, marriage, things like that. I've been leading a class on Wednesday nights and forgiveness is a major topic and it should be a hallmark of our lives that when people see us, they're like, man, those are some forgiveness 
forgiving folks. That doesn't mean weak. That doesn't mean feeble. Doesn't mean those things. But what it means is that ultimately we know that it's between that person who has done the wrong and God himself. It's not us, right? So anyway, those are some words. I, I, I was looking at the version Bible app. I saw that verse and I was like, oh, that's a great verse or a great few verses, I should say. And it's like, you know, we're going to talk about that tonight. And so that's what we've done. So yeah, again, my name is Nate Williams. I'm with you tonight on this Thursday. We're going to have a great time. And when I say great time, we don't always talk about the happiest of things. We do live in a world marked by sin, but it's a great time because we know our hope and our salvation is in God. So no matter how bad the news is, we're still hopeful. We're still joyful. We know where our salvation comes from. And so that's what we want to keep in mind as we go about that. And so y'all don't go anywhere. This is uh, Nate Williams, Priority Talk Radio, WXJC. Y'all follow us on social media at Priority Talk. Y'all make sure to check out the podcast if you miss something. We have we are just getting started, so do not change the station. Y'all stay tuned in. We will be right back after the break. Greg Davis here, and I want to remind you of Priority Talk's longest-running advertiser, and that's Today's Family Dentistry, your friendly dental practice conveniently located in downtown Coleman. Make your appointment to see Dr. David Kim, Dr. Key Tan, or Dr. Stephanie Young, along with an experienced and certified team of dental technicians, along with a friendly staff, I might add, who serve both children and adults with a wide range of dental services. That includes general and restorative care, along with the cosmetic enhancements to meet all of your family's dental needs. Today's Family Dentistry accepts Medicaid for children under 21, Blue Cross Blue Shield All Kids, and most commercial insurances. Give them a call today and make your appointment, 256-739-3337. That's Today's Family Dentistry located in downtown Coleman. Call today and make your appointment, 256-739-3337. Today's Family Dentistry in downtown Coleman. One Point USA is a security company serving churches and businesses in the state of Alabama. Don't wait until something happens to protect your employees and your valuable property. One Point USA's experienced staff understands your security needs and wants to help you before a problem arises. From video surveillance to card access control and commercial security systems, One Point USA has got you covered. Call One Point USA today at 205 701 0191. That's 205-701-0191 or visit OnePointUSA.com. That's the number OnePointUSA.com. OnePointUSA. Be secure. Hey, this is Kyle Eidelman, author of Not a Fan and Gods at War, and you are listening to Priority Talk with Greg Davis. Calling all the messengers, calling all the messengers, calling all the messengers. We are back live at Priority Talk Radio. I'm your host, Nate Williams. Y'all make sure to call in 205-941-1011. We are talking about a lot of good stuff. And we are going to pivot to the news. And 1819 News 
1819 News. Let's see, who is this from? Craig Monger has an article. It's kind of an update of, of a story we talked about. I think it was either a few days ago or last week. I believe it was a few days ago, I think. And where a teenager suffering from uh, gender dysphoria and a lot of mental distress uh, committed suicide. And that was very obviously tragic. And there was a UAB doctor who said that the suicide was bold. And so then after there was a bit of an uproar, uh, the same doctor walks back comments on teens suicide. That was never their intent, uh, the doctor says. Uh, Marissa Jean Ladinsky, associate professor of pediatrics at Children's of Alabama and specialist at UAB's LGBTQ plus mental health and wellness clinic. And so uh, she walks it back. That was not her intent. And going off of what we talked about from our last break, we might disagree with someone on various topics, and that's going to happen, right? You're not going to agree with everyone on everything. But part of giving people grace is letting them walk statements back, re- redefine things in, in certain ways, because in the moment, We're not always going to phrase things perfectly. So I do radio and I can't tell you how often now I'm I'm more recent with it, but I'll be driving home. I'll be driving home and I am wondering, why did you say that, Nate? Why did you put it that way? Why did you say this, that, the other? And I'll get real frustrated. And so if I want to give grace to myself, like, oh, it's okay, you're human, you misphrase things, you say things incorrect, well, guess what we have to do? We have to extend that courtesy to others. And so one thing that we have to do as Christians is to be charitable with how we interpret others' words and let them... Let them, how should I put it, if they need to walk a statement back or or rephrase it, that's okay. We don't want to jump all over them. And so uh, what were Ledinsky's words? Here they are. I regret my choice of words that has been interpreted to glorify self-harm. This was never my intent. In discussing the tragic event, I sought to convey my work toward a day When no teen feels they must take their life, any suicide is devastating, and I want anyone who is struggling to know that help is always available. Now, what she does here is a little unfortunate. Uh, My my choice of words that has been interpreted to glorify self-harm. So there's a passive tone like, oh, it's really not my fault, and calling a suicide bold it's really it's been interpreted it's been taken the wrong way it's kind of sort of a non-apology it's like when you uh, are you know uh, how how does this work uh, i had a bunch of noises that just came out of my mouth i'm sorry about that let's see how how does this work when when you wrong someone or they wrong you and they say i'm sorry you took offense with that or i'm sorry you were offended 
it's kind of a non-apology, but that's okay. There's some walking back of the statement. That was never my intent. And so we obviously want to be careful as Christians handling things like this, give lots of grace and forgiveness, and we want to balance truth and love as we handle these things. Another story is from Yellowhammer, Dylan Smith, and it says uh, CDC's COVID-19 child vax decision will not impact Alabama, says AG Attorney General. Let's see, what does the article say? The state of Alabama will be immune from the Center for Disease Control and Prevention's expected decision to add the COVID-19 shot to the agency's Vaccines for Children program. And so the CDC is adding the COVID-19 shot to its vaccines for children. And in some states that are, I guess, more tied with the CDC, sometimes what that means is that it would become mandatory for the children of those states. So if you're living in a state that's closely tied with the CDC, that when the CDC adds a vaccine, it would automatically be added to your state. That's not how it is with Alabama. Alabama is shielded from the decision due to state law. States hold the ability to, de- to determine whether or not the CDC's scheduled vaccines for children are required for school admittance. And so Alabama is able to make those decisions for itself. And so what that does when the CDC adopts a vaccine, it makes that vaccine free for children across the United States. And so y'all remember the mess with the vaccines. I don't want to get into it fully, but some of the, the efficacy of the vaccines, should children get it? What about the boosters? What about and that how the CDC and the government handled the whole COVID situation really went into, uh, and there was a massive revelation from Pfizer on some stuff as well, uh, really went into uh, Americans not trusting these institutions that in some things we were lied to. And so I I was talking with a a doctor uh, about this and uh, I was asking him, I was like, so with so much information out there, and y'all have heard the term misinformation, that's everywhere, hashtag fake news. I was talking to him and I asked, well, how do you know what to trust? Everyone has their experts. Everyone has uh, their credentials, their experts on their side that says, oh, this treatment will work. This method will do wonders. Here's the miracle drug, la, la, la. What do we do? How, how, do, we, how do we handle that? And what he said was, trust your local doctor. His answer for all the misinformation out there, and maybe there's actually some good stuff. You just don't know that it's good stuff because you don't know what to trust. He told me, develop a relationship with a local doctor that you know, that you trust, that, that's good with communicating. And he said, a relationship with a local doctor that's, you know, your friend in a way will go a long way for you personally when it comes to these questions. Because, y'all, I'm not going to lie. Sometimes I read the news and I see just how many different angles there are. And I don't always know what to trust. Maybe you, maybe you've experienced that as well. And so I think that wisdom is great that 
we uh, many Americans really don't have a local doctor or don't go see a doctor and uh, don't even get me started on America's healthcare system. Ooh, what a mess. That's a topic for another day. But one thing to cut through all the noise is relationships. And I think that's true for a lot of stuff. Get to know people. Get to know people. I, that's wisdom that can uh, be applied politically. Uh, it's amazing. Uh, we we need to have friends in different political parties. You need to follow people on social media you disagree with. You need to look at news sites that you disagree with. Why? Well, we don't want to live in silos. You don't want to live in a world where you only hear what you agree with. Uh, hear the things that you agree with. You only hear what you want to hear because what that does is that leads us to have really thin skin. We've seen that on college campuses where people have super thin skin. They're not exposed to different ideas. So y'all form relationships, get different opinions, uh, meet people face to face. And I think that can go a long way towards cleaning up a lot of this mess. Go talk to someone. Social media... Y'all, it's now I I say it's OK, I need to back up. Social media is tough, but we can use it, I think, the right way. Uh, we can limit our time on it. We can go follow diverse sources that will give us a full picture of an event versus just the people that will tell us what we want to hear. And so I think that we as Christians can go a long way here in setting a good example uh, for those around us that maybe we need to be careful with what we share. Right. Look at the sources that people use. Do, do you have to share this thing if you don't know where it came from? Things like that, because uh, we want to stand for truth. God is love. God is truth. And so we want to make sure that we glorify God by honoring him, by speaking the truth, by being slow to come to to conclusions. Sometimes we love to jump to a quick trigger opinion because it kind of feeds the animal in us that wants to get angry and go rage at something. We need to be careful there. And, and so there are lots of things that we can do as Christians to uh, not get caught up in all the mess that's in the world. But yeah, let's see. Is, did I want to say anything about more about that? No, I think I'm good. Well, friends, we're heading to the break. We have more news stories on the other side for you. Uh, Pastor Steele's almost, it uh, looks like a million dollars from a congregation. And uh, there's just some other stuff that we'll talk about along with conflict resolution. This is Nate Williams on Priority Talk. Y'all don't go anywhere. We have a lot of good stuff coming. The UAB football season is in full swing and tickets are on sale now to see your Blazers in action at Protective Stadium. Visit UABsports.com to grab your tickets and stay updated on all of the latest information about upcoming games, great promotions, and deals for the whole family. Single game tickets start at just $20. Grab your seats today at UABsports.com. Don't miss a minute of the action. UAB Blazer football tickets on sale now at UABsports.com. UAB football, win is one. And now, back to Priority Talk with Greg Davis. My life be like... And we 
are back live on this Thursday night. This is Priority Talk Radio. I'm your host, Nate Williams. Greg Davis is out traveling, so it's us in the studio. Uh, Let's see. We are WXJC 101.1 FM. 8.50 a.m. Y'all check us out online at PriorityTalkRadio.com and the podcast as well, Priority Talk. I'm in the studio with Stuart and Andrew, and we're just rolling along. So keeping the news segment going, the Daily Wire reports that there is a New Orleans pastor who admits to defrauding church members' school of nearly 900 thousand dollars y'all that's a lot of money that 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 is a lot of money a new orleans minister pleaded guilty before a u.s district court judge to money laundering tuesday admitting that he took over eight hundred and eighty nine thousand dollars from his church and its ministries for his personal Use. And then the article goes on to describe various things, how it worked out, la, la, la. Uh, there was a school involved as well. But that's really tragic, friends. Uh, that hurts our church witness. Uh, it's tough when people already don't trust the church. And then you have stories like this plastered everywhere. And that's where we, where we really need the grace of Jesus. We really need the grace of Jesus, and we have to lead with Jesus, because if we say, oh, trust us because we're the church, oh, trust us because we're pastors, clergy, ministers, whatever it might be, at the moment, culturally, there's not a lot of built-in relationships there, if we're being honest. Not a lot of built-in trust there with that, and so... Instead of leading with the institution, as we evangelize and we go out into our culture, let's lead with Jesus. Let's lead with our relationships and our work ethic. If you're at work right now or you're coming home from work, uh, what example are we setting in our workplace? Are we honest? Do we speak the truth in love? Are we uh, working hard? We want to be known as hard workers. Y'all may have heard of the... uh, let's see, what was it called? The concept of quiet quitting, just doing the bare minimum to scoop by. And that's really a phenomenon that's uh, stretched all across our culture right now. Just quiet quitting, just do what you can to collect a paycheck, nothing more. As Christians, we want to go above and beyond. And one day I want to take more of a whole show to talk about quiet quitting, but I'll share a few thoughts. That I'm not saying when it comes to work, that you kill yourself for your workplace, right? A job's not worth that if you're working fast food or a warehouse. It's a little different with the military, so we'll exclude that. But you don't want to kill yourself working for certain jobs. So I get that. If you're working hard and there are opportunities to move up and you're just not moving up for various reasons and you feel like, okay, it's my time to go to another job, you know, if you've tried and you've put in your time and you're not moving up like you think you should. I get that. I get that. However, there's something to be said instead of quiet quitting, just working hard. And if you need to move jobs to keep working hard, well, that's fine. That makes sense. But just being at a job for a long period of time, coasting, barely doing anything to get by. Uh, y'all tell me, what do, you, what do you think of quiet quitting? Have you seen it? 
Maybe you're doing it. If so, why? Y'all call in 205-941-1011. I'm always wanting to talk to y'all. So y'all call in if you can and we'll talk about it. But anyways, back to the story. New Orleans pastor admits to defrauding church member school of nearly $900,000, y'all. So on top of all the people that he hurt, so we want to we want to definitely pay attention to that and give that its due. It also hurts the image of Jesus that we're trying to share with others. And so that's one story in the news to be aware of. Another one is uh, from the Daily Wire as well. New York City unveils new migrant shelter complete with Xboxes, TVs, and couches. So, uh, yeah, uh, what's happened is in some of the more southern states, they've been busing illegal immigrants uh, to... Let's see. Yeah, up from the southern border states, and they've been dropping them off in New York City, Chicago, other places. And so people are wondering, the cities are wondering, all right, how do we deal with these this influx of new people? And so for New York, they've set up uh, these facilities. Let's see, getting the details. The Randall's Island Humanitarian Emergency Response and Relief Center, that's a mouthful, is set to temporarily house up to 500 single men bussed from southern border states. So the location features 500 cots along with television, video games, board games, telephone services, and three square meals per day, along with snacks and coffee for those who stay at the location. And so the meals are culturally appropriate. It is South American fare, uh, Zach Iskell told reporters on Wednesday. And so how much do they these facilities cost? It costs $325,000 to move the shelters and another $325,000 to set them up again. I don't know about y'all, but that's a solid setup that's better than some New York City residents have just anyways. And so that's real nice. And they got Xboxes. They got some video games. So, uh, Andrew, you told me that you were a uh, you're you're a gamer. So how'd you feel about that? Just uh, get, I guess, getting some Xboxes. Would you like that? I mean, s- sounds pretty fair to me. I mean, everyone needs to uh, distract themselves, I guess. But. I don't know if they need brand new Xboxes to do that, but well, hey, like I said, uh, I think it's I think uh, Washington, you know, George Washington, Thomas Jefferson wrote in the Constitution that we have a right to party and play video games. I think were his exact words. That, that sounds about right to me. Yeah, I think I paid very close attention in history class, and I think it was the right to party. And a right to video games, if I remember correctly. But most importantly, you said their food is culturally appropriate? Yes. Yeah, so it says a South American food. I'm so glad. Thank goodness. Oh, of course. Yes. This is what we are. This is what we are concerned about. Uh, Democrat Mayor Eric Adams, who declared a state of emergency due to the arrival of migrants, ordered the establishment of the site. And so this goes back into the old, uh, you know, uh, political question of the border. You have a New York Democrat governor. Kathy, I might be mispronouncing this, Hochul, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, has activated National Guard members to help staff the new location. So a unit of 100 reservists was mobilized for deployment earlier this month. And so that's what's going on right now. Uh, Again, it goes back to the border, like I was saying. What what do we do with illegal immigration? The left and the right disagrees on that one. If you could imagine, like, I I know I say the left and the right disagrees, and you you don't even know what 
what I'm talking about. You're like, what? Are there even two sides to every issue under the sun? You didn't know that. So I'm glad I informed you that the left and the right of America disagrees on at least one issue. So, bam, mind blown with that statement. But, yeah, they disagree on how to handle illegal immigration. And one thing the southern border states have done is they take some of their illegal immigrants that have come into their state and they will bust them all around the country. So New York, uh, Chicago, elsewhere. Uh, I think some went to D.C., some went to Martha's Vineyard and uh I think, along with other places anyways. But that is one way that the southern border states are trying to raise awareness of the massive illegal immigration problem along the border. And so that's their way of doing it. I think it's clever. Some people disagree. I don't know. But that's the news for today. And so from there, we are going to head into the end of this first hour, heading towards 6 o'clock. We're going to move back to kind of talking about conflict resolution amongst Christians. What do we do? How do we handle it? How do we glorify God through these situations? Because, you know, we're going to disagree, right? We had that story with the pastor who stole a lot of money. And so sometimes in relationships, people do wrong things. People do harmful things. How do we handle that? And so on the other side of this break coming up, we'll be turning to Romans 14. I'll walk through the chapter, verse here, verse there, talking about it, and we will head into the second hour. When it comes to the second hour, y'all don't go anywhere. We will be talking about uh, the crisis of masculinity in this culture. How do we ex- how do we explain it? Why is it there? What are the numbers that that are there to show that we have a problem in the first place. Those are all things that we will be talking about. But anyways, this is WXJC Radio, Priority Talk. I'm your host, Nate Williams. Y'all don't go anywhere. Priority Talk. This is Greg, and I want you to know about my friend Jeff Harding and Alabama Reliable Roofing. Your local roofing expert since 1998, Alabama Reliable Roofing provides residential and commercial clients with exceptional roofing services. Jeff and his experienced team are well equipped to provide repairs and installations of shingle and metal roofs. Look, I know the importance of a roof and that it's one of the biggest investments you make in your home, place of business, or church facilities. Alabama Reliable Roofing understands this as well and has the experience to work with your insurance company in case of storm damage. So whether your roof has suffered from storm damage and needs repairs, or it just may be time for a new roof, you need an inspection to determine the next steps. Company owner Jeff Harding is waiting on your phone call and will be personally involved with every job. Call him at 205-369-9630 for a no-obligation conversation and a free estimate. Look at their work on the Alabama Reliable Roofing Facebook page and then call Jeff at 205-369-9630. Alabama Reliable Roofing, 205-369-9630. Scale your business with a dedicated team of experts. A marketing vendor focuses on profit. A marketing partner focuses on your business. With Dot Edison, there is no more taking, only serving. Feel great about your marketing with Dot Edison. Call them at 205-332-3728 or go to their website at dotedison.com. Hey, this is Jeff Kemp, author of Facing the Blitz, and you're listening to Greg Davis on Priority Talk.
And we are live. Welcome back to Priority Talk Radio, WXJC, on this Thursday night. I'm your host, Nate Williams, and Greg Davis is out traveling. So it has been me in the studio with Stuart and Andrew. They always do a great job back there, making sure everything runs smoothly. And we've been talking about a lot of stuff in the first hour, talking about various news stories, talking about just, let's see, transgender ideology. We talked about a pastor who stole a lot of money from his church. We talked about uh, some some COVID stuff. What else did we talk about? Oh, we talked about some uh, New York City facilities being set up for illegal immigrants and just the various amenities that they have been supplied with. And to finish out this hour, so this is the first hour from five to six, to finish out the hour, we're going to talk a little bit more about conflict resolution, Romans chapter 14, Paul's writing, and I'm just going to go ahead and read some of these verses and talk about it as we read. And let this be encouraging to you as you're going about your day. Maybe you're in a bit of an argument with someone or you're wondering how to proceed. Well, May these words be encouraging for you. So Romans chapter 14, uh, starting in verse 1. As for the one who is weak in faith, welcome him, but not to quarrel over opinions. One person believes he may eat anything, while the weak person eats only vegetables. Let not the one who eats despise the one who abstains, and let not the one who abstains pass judgment on the one who eats, for God has welcomed him. Who are you to pass judgment on the servant of an It is before his own master that he stands or falls, and he will be upheld, for the Lord is able to make him stand. So that was the first four uh, four verses of Romans chapter 14, a lot of fours. And one thing we want to mention quickly when you argue is there's a lot of gray areas to life. In this particular context, Paul was talking about someone who eats everything, person who only eats vegetables. Later on in the chapter, he talks about having different holy days. There are a lot of gray areas in life, and it's hard to put your foot down, draw a line in the sand sometimes. What do you do when you disagree over secondary issues, when you disagree over things that are more in the gray area? Well, we want to make sure that we have God as our focus. Remember that if they're wrong in a secondary issue or if we're wrong in a gray area, we all stand before God. And we need to make sure we keep that in mind because that puts things in perspective, that we're not the ultimate judges. Then moving on to uh, verse 5, I'll keep reading. One person esteems one day as better than another. While another esteems all days alike, each one should be fully convinced in his own mind. The one who observes the day observes it in honor of the Lord. The one who eats, eats in honor of the Lord, since he gives thanks to God, while the one who abstains, abstains in honor of the Lord and gives thanks to God. For none of us lives to himself, and none of us dies to himself. For if we live, we live to the Lord, 
And if we die, we die to the Lord. So then, whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. For to this end, Christ died and lived again, that he might be Lord both of the dead and of the living. Why do you pass judgment on your brother? Or you, why do you despise your brother? For we will all stand before the judgment seat of God. For it is written, As I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God. So then each of us will give an account of himself to God. So that was verses 5 through 12. What I like that Paul does is he says it's, it's the heart that matters. We have to keep the main thing, the main thing. And the main thing for the Christian is worship. Verse 11, for it is written, as I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall confess to God. When you are about to have a conversation with someone over a gray area, you know, whatever it might be, uh, for some people, let's say, I know churches have split over music. There's traditional hymns. There's contemporary music. You think like 90s and the and the 2000s music. And now there's modern music. You think uh, Hillsong, Elevation, th- uh, music like that. Uh, churches have split over those things. Churches have split over different aspects of the physical building of the church. So this color, this rug, carpet, this flooring, that has happened as well. You think about all the secondary issues, y'all. They're secondary issues. The main thing for the Christian is our relationship with Jesus. And so Paul uses for, for his context, there was an argument over food. This food's good for you. This food's bad for you. Some, some would eat all. Some would not eat much. And then another one was holy days. Some people would observe this day. Other people would observe another day. And Paul said, keep the main thing the main thing. And so as you go back into your relationships, whatever it might be with your spouse, with your kids, with your church, keep the main thing the main thing. We're put on earth to worship. And so try the best you can. I know secondary issues are important, right? We think of, uh, we might disagree on the gifts of the Holy Spirit. You have your cessationists and your continuationists. You might think of the rapture. When's the rapture going to happen? You have your premillennialists, your postmillennialists, and then your amillennialists. La, la, la. I just got to say that word three times. Anyways, people will disagree on when Jesus is coming back. What's that going to look like? And then in our day-to-day lives, we disagree on lots of things with our family and our friends, right? You disagree, is it Alabama or Auburn? For some of us, that has become a doctrinal matter. It is right up there along with uh, whatever other important Christian topics. I don't know. I don't think it should be, but it has for uh, it has become that way for some of us. But I think Romans 14, it's good for us to have that mindset, y'all. So y'all dive into this chapter. Maybe you're going through something with your church. Y'all dive in, read Romans 14, meditate on it, think through it, talk about it. I think that's a really incredible chapter for how to handle disagreements in the church and with your relationships, even though it's geared more towards uh, Christian doctrine. I think it has wisdom for all of life because it is the Bible and the Bible applies to all of life. 
Well, friends, we are now almost at the end of the first hour. Don't go anywhere because we have a lot of good stuff in the second hour. We will be talking about masculinity. Uh, I, a couple days ago, I talked about femininity. And man, I'm just giving myself these words that don't always roll off the tongue. But anyways, uh, issues of uh, female nature. Now we're going to be talking about men. Men, where are you at? Where are you at? It is important to hear these things. It's important to know the statistics. There are a lot of uh, scary numbers out there, uh, the way men are struggling. And uh, the word uh, that comes to mind for me is withering. Men are dropping out of the workforce. Men are abusing drugs and alcohol. Men are suicidal, y'all. And we need to be talking about it. We need to make sure that uh, we are checking in with one another. We're forming communities with one another. You don't let a soldier fall. Y'all go back, pick up your brother. A lot of struggling people out there. And so that's what we'll be talking about in the second hour. And to summarize the first hour, if you're just joining us, we covered a lot of the news. We covered uh, transgender ideology and uh, COVID-19, the vaccine. Uh, what does it mean for Alabama when it comes to a certain vaccine being, being adopted by the CDC for children? Uh, we talked about a pastor and a scandal in a church who stole a lot of money. And then finally, when it comes to news, we talked about uh, now my mind's blanking what did we talk about we talked about anyways I'm forgetting but it's all there and so if you are like me and you can't recall something and you're like man I need to go back and listen I didn't mean to be this smooth but it just kind of happened if you're like me and you forget something well guess what we have we have Priority Talk the podcast and so y'all make sure to listen in there it's being carried by all the major podcast carriers Apple, Spotify we are 101.1 FM 8.50 AM WXJC Radio Priority Talk I'm your host Nate Williams y'all don't go anywhere uh, we are going to be right back heading into the second hour. This is Greg, and ever since the first time I visited Israel in 1999, I've encouraged others to also experience the land of the Bible for themselves. I'm wondering if you've ever dreamed of visiting the Holy Land and walking where Jesus walked. If so, why don't you pray about touring Israel with me in the summer of 2023? We will experience a 10-day pilgrimage that will include visiting biblical sites around the Sea of Galilee and actually taking an inspirational boat ride on the same waters that Jesus walked upon. We will also visit the holy sites in the city of Jerusalem, including Golgotha and the Garden Tomb. You'll also experience the Dead Sea and many significant Old Testament sites. The Bible will come alive to you like never before. Are you interested at all? Email me, greg at PriorityTalkRadio.com, and I'll share with you much more information about this trip of a lifetime. Email me, greg at PriorityTalkRadio.com, for more information on traveling with me to the Holy Land in summer of 2023.
It's time to raise your voice. It's time to be heard. Because everything counts. Everything matters. Good news. Christian values. Alabama's Christian Talk Radio. With Greg Davis. Priority Talk. Hey, hey, welcome back to Priority Talk Radio. Here we are in our second hour from 6 to 7. I'm your host, Nate Williams, here in the studio, and uh, we're having a great time. We are having a great time. Greg Davis is out traveling. He'll be back with us soon. If you know Greg, he's always up to something fun, something important, helping out the kingdom. And so we want to be praying for him as well. And so, yeah, here we are. Second hour. It's been a good night uh, on this. uh, What is today, man? I get it all mixed up. Today's... uh, uh, it's a Thursday, right? Yes, it's, it is a Thursday. So here we are talking about a lot of good stuff. I walked through a little bit of a devotional from Romans 15, verses 5 through 6 in the first hour. And then uh, we talked a little bit about uh, COVID-19 vaccines for children and a little bit of the transgender ideology topic that we've been on. And then uh, also uh, New York City offering shelter for illegal immigrants, bus to the city from the southern states. And just how they've handled that and then uh, yeah just various things on the news and we talked a little bit about Romans 14 and how to uh, resolve conflicts amongst Christians and how we should go about that so it was a great first hour and now we are talking in our second hour again the show is uh, five to seven and so yeah here we are a little bit past six o'clock so the weather's been cold but still nice cold but still nice and people will often ask me hey Nate what's the difference between Alabama weather and where you came from because they'll call me a a useless Yankee or something of that sort because I came from the Maryland Virginia DC area and so except they'll they'll use another word other than useless Yankee though it's um, yeah it starts with a D I'll let y'all figure that one out but yeah a a blankety blank Yankee that's who uh, who I am I guess uh, to some down here in the south but anyways people will ask me What's the difference between the where you came from and Alabama? Like, uh, partly it's the weather, but uh, I talked a little bit about that in the first hour, the weather differences. So I'll go in a different direction now on, on this subject. When people ask me, what do I say? Well, one, the food is incredible. I love Southern cooking. Uh, the barbecue uh, and all the rest of it—it's—it's—it's it's, it's great. Uh, look, the—I'm not—I'm not a massive fan of green beans, but in the South, I will eat them. I'll actually eat them because they—they uh, they know how to how to make them down here. Let's see, sweet potatoes. Uh, I love some some sweet potatoes. What else is there? Uh, just just a lot of good stuff, really. You know, a lot of the good. Uh, 
home cooking that you might think of. A lot of people know how to make uh, desserts, pies, and all the rest, and it's all, it's all good. And I don't need that because I grow more and more circular every day. And that's not the direction we want to go in. You know, you know the joke when it comes to shapes. You know, it's like, oh, we want to be in shape, right? Well, circle is a shape, and uh, I can sometimes head in that direction because the southern cooking's really good. So one, uh, southern food's really good, a lot, a lot of good stuff out there, and my mind's blanking on all the good foods. So I just mentioned a few things that come to mind. Let's see, outside of food, um, talked about weather more in the first hour. I'll mention it again briefly here. The north has a lot of weather that's similar to the south, except for tornadoes. But the difference is duration. In the north, the cold months, they just last longer. There are more of them, so it's colder for longer. Whereas it generally in the north, sometimes it'll get real hot, just like the south. But the difference is the south stays hotter for longer. And then, you know, the good old humidity. So that's like some weather differences there. Uh, I do I do miss the snow. You know, sometimes the snow is real nice. Well, what else? What are, what are some other differences? The politics are different. I came from a very blue state in Maryland to a very red state in Alabama. So the politics is different. The cost of living, it's much cheaper here. Uh, Birmingham traffic can be rough, but uh, D.C. traffic was a lot worse, I would say, in my opinion, in my humble opinion. Atlanta traffic's rough now. You know, if you if you're driving around the Atlanta area, yeah, it's it's it'll it'll yeah, it'll be up there with any other city. But D.C.'s tough. Um, the Birmingham traffic isn't as bad as D.C. traffic. All the different uh, 95s you ran into up in Maryland. Let's see, what else? What are some other differences? Cost of living. Oh, the pace of life. Pace of life in the South is just so different. And I love it. Uh, it's a little bit slower. People take their time to talk to their neighbors and that's great I think that's wonderful in the north uh, oftentimes you lived around a city it was a rat race constantly and I, I always tell people this that people would brag about how busy they were. I remember when I was in high school, we would just go on and on about how busy we were, how many, how much stuff we were into, all of that. And like the busier you were, like, I don't know, it was a way of ranking yourself among your peers. Like, wow, I'm doing a lot of good stuff. I'm setting myself up well for the future. This, that, the other, la, 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 this program, that program. And here there's, there's less of a rap race. Now, in the South, you have different ways of measuring yourself. I'll talk about this. In the North, oftentimes, it was uh, degrees and job titles. So uh, you looked at where you went to school. You looked at where you're working as, as ways of kind of measuring yourself compared to other people. And it, let's say, did I say that was the North? That was the North. If I didn't say that right, that's what I mean. In the South, the way of measuring is a little bit different. It might be how much land you have, uh, the, the truck you drive, things like that. They're just uh, humans always love to compare themselves to others. And so the South and the North have their own various ways. But yeah, the North was uh, in where I came from, the Baltimore, D.C. area. Um, that, that was more of a rat race. And so I'm glad to be out of that. And so, yeah, just some of the differences there. But anyways, friends, uh, those are just some, I guess, personal little tidbits from me. What are we talking about in the second hour? 
Well, that's a great question. Uh, this week, I, we talked a little bit about women, women face, uh, woman face. Uh, there was a story about Ulta. I remember talking about that earlier this week. Now, we're going to talk a little bit about men. You know, what are some of the issues with men in this country, in this culture, in this community? And what can we do about it? Like, what what should we do about it? How can we handle that? So there's a story from, where is it from? 1819 News from Daniel Taylor. And the story goes, uh, the title is, Alabama coaching legend Gene Stallings go, uh, says... We don't expect men to be men now. And so in the story, uh, I'll read some of it for you. Alabama coaching legend Gene Stallings has seen a lot during his long career in college and professional football, both as a player at Texas A&M under coach Paul Bear Bryan and coaching the Crimson Tide to a national championship in 1992. As he looks back on those years fondly, he, he can't help but notice how times have changed. Bryant wanted you to do the best you could, Stallings said. Being on time was important to Coach Bryant. He wanted you to play as well as you were capable of playing. He could get more out of a player than anyone I've ever been around. Uh, continuing the quote, uh, he goes, uh, We don't expect men to be men now. We expect them to be whatever they want to be, the 86-year-old said. Back when I was a youngster working for Coach Bryant, we had a responsibility to be on time, to do the best you could and perform well on Saturday. Now it seems like everybody walks on on a different phase, a different level. We need to get back to oneness where everybody believes in the same phase of the game, believes in the same things you're trying to get accomplished. That's what Coach Bryant did. He wanted all of us to be on the same page, end quote. And so the story kind of places the topic of manliness, masculinity, uh, manhood in the context of college football. It talks a little bit about the NIL situation. NIL stands for name, image, likeness, athlete deal, deals, which Stalling said he is 100% against. This is, uh, let's see. Yeah, I'll, I'll kind of pause there. And so this is the context. It's college football, right? Where just men aren't what they used to be. Athletes aren't what they used to be. And they don't play for the same reasons. And it's me, 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 this, this, this. And so I want to use this article as kind of a springboard to not like, I don't want to come across as one of those people that's just like, oh, these youngsters, they're the worst and the world's going to end because every older generation looks at the newer generation and says, how are they going to survive? They don't know nothing. They don't know how to do nothing. Uh, do they even know what a hammer is like? And so and so this happens generationally, but it's in the, it's in the larger context context of men in this country are struggling. They are struggling and people are trying to figure out why. So on the other side of the break, when we talk, when we come back together, we'll talk about 
just some of the statistics, they're disheartening. Then we'll talk about why those statistics exist, in my opinion. Y'all tell me what you think. If you disagree, that's okay. I like talking about it. Uh, you know, we're on social media at Priority Talk, Facebook, Instagram, etc. cetera. Uh, we have a podcast you can check out. If you miss a segment or you miss a day, just check out the podcast. And so we're on weekdays, 5 to 7, Monday through Friday here, WXJC Radio. So y'all make sure to join in on the conversation. Tell me what you think. But uh, yeah, we'll, we'll get into some of those things on the other side of the break. Why are men the way they are these days? Why is there so much struggling uh, in, in the areas of masculinity, manhood? Who are men? What are they supposed to be? How are they supposed to live? Those are great questions. We will talk about it on the other side of the break. Don't go anywhere. This is uh, 101.1 FM, uh, 8.50 AM, Priority Talk Radio. I'm your host, Nate Williams. We will be right back. It's time for gospel singing and fun for all ages on November 5th at the Ryan's Creek Baptist Church Fall Festival. The fun begins at 3 p.m. with a special appearance at 6 from Brian Free and Assurance. What the cross really The festival will be held at 24849 County Road, 222 Bremen, Alabama, 35033. Call 601-650-6283 for more information. And we are back on WXJC Radio Priority Talk. It's so good to be able to hang out with y'all. Those of you, I don't know what you're up to. Maybe you're driving home. Maybe you're heading to a friend's house, heading out to eat. I, I don't know. Lots of cool things to do. Take in some kids to sports practice, whatever it might be. I'm so glad you joined us tonight. I'm your host, Nate Williams. And uh, yeah, this is our heading into uh, further into our second hour of the show from six to seven greg davis is out on the road traveling and so yeah we all have me tonight and uh, it's been a great time in the first hour we talked about a host of current news events from uh, kind of new york city handling its illegal immigrant uh, crisis and how it's gone about that Let's see, what else did we talk about? We talked about a pastor, unfortunately, stealing a massive amount of money from his congregation, which is very, very sad. And uh, what else did we talk about? We talked about conflict resolution amongst Christians, diving into Romans 14 and seeing what it has to tell us. So, so much good stuff in the first hour. If you missed it, you don't have to miss it. So we have some good news. We have a podcast you can check out, Priority Talk. It's on uh, all the major podcast carriers, Apple, Spotify, others. Y'all make sure you don't have to miss anything, all the good stuff that we talk about. So going further into our second hour topic, which is masculinity, y'all, uh, the statistics aren't good. So we brought up an article from 1819 News, Gene Stallings, talking about how men aren't expected to be men now. And I use that as kind of a springboard into the topic. But we are going to walk through some of these statistics. Men are struggling 
in our society. Why? We'll get to the why in a moment, but let's just walk through some of these, uh, what, what's been, uh, what we've been able to learn. And so when it comes to suicide, American men, it's, it's four times higher for American men than women. Now, obviously, we want zeros across the board. We want no suicides anywhere amongst either gender, right? So zero suicides for men and zero for women. But amongst the numbers, uh, men commit suicide for, are uh, four times more likely to commit suicide than women. That's a huge difference. Uh, white men age 85 and older have the highest suicide rate of any demographic group in the United States and is four times larger than the population as a whole. And so white older people, white older men are struggling. So suicide's really scary. What, what, what else we got? And uh, Oh, jobs. Uh, it's really rough in the job market. Roughly one in seven working age men in the U.S. aren't employed. And that's higher than before the 2008 housing crash. So if y'all remember 2008, um, I was a little on the young side at that point. But y'all remember the housing crash and the various reasons for it. Uh, say loans were given out that shouldn't have been given out to people that shouldn't have had those loans. And I won't talk about it because, uh, yeah, we don't have to get into it. But yes, for various reasons, the 2008 housing crash happened. And when it comes to working age men and unemployment, it's worse now than it was at that time. And part of it is uh, the the job market has shifted. The same jobs aren't what they used to be. And uh, the, the uh, various service sectors and types of jobs out there, it's, it's all different now. And so that's part of it. But uh, part of it's also there are just a lot of men out there who aren't looking for jobs at all. And so uh, the surge in unemployed males has come at a time when working class men have less bargaining power and the work available to them increasingly consists of low quality, unstable jobs with few, if any, benefits. Now, where am I getting this from? This is from CBS News. Uh, and, the, and the title of the article goes, The U.S. Economy's Hidden Problem men without jobs. Despite having its reputation for having flexible labor markets, the U.S. has one of the lowest prime age male labor participation rates uh, in the, uh, let's see, organization, well, it doesn't actually say in, in compared to what, but it just has a low prime age male labor particip participation rate and one that has been on a downward trend since 1999. And so, oh, there, there it is. And so compared to a range of 36 countries, and so the U.S. does not score well in that area. And uh, less than college educated white males a group for whom the increases in labor force dropout have been stark, are also particularly vulnerable to premature uh, mortality due to suicide, 
opioid and other drug overdoses. And so uh, there it's it's a shrinking working class and uh, more and more people are college educated, more and more jobs require and I think this is quite silly. This could make me rant for a while, but more and more jobs require a college education for no good reason. And uh, you know what? Hey, I'm here so I'm going to talk about it cuz it makes me mad. Y'all, a lot of jobs don't need a college education. I'm getting on my soapbox, but I'm here and we're talking about this. A lot of jobs require college education for no good reason. On-the-job training is a thing. A particular business will tell you what they need for you to learn, and you can learn on the job. You know, there are exceptions to this. I imagine uh, very... Uh, with medicine, with science fields, okay, yeah, sure, college education. But for many jobs, you can learn on the job. I think particularly with various business type jobs where a company will tell you how they want things to be done and then you can just learn what they want. How You can learn how they want you to do things and a college education, which is more generic, won't, won't really benefit you a whole lot. And so uh, well, what happens is more and more jobs require a college education and as the jobs continue to require higher levels of education so yesterday's uh let's see yesterday's bachelor's is today's master's today's master's will be tomorrow's phds uh, you, you get what i'm saying everything's shifting over to more and more education because uh higher uh let's say colleges unfortunately in some ways are a bit of a scam with the way they run things and the prices but anyway that's going to derail me to something else but what that does is that leaves out the people with no college education college is expensive not everyone can afford it and that's something that leaves out a lot of men and they're left with jobs that are very unstable. And so they're hit on a lot of fronts. A lot of manufacturing type jobs, industrial type jobs are either shipped overseas or they're being replaced by robots. And and so there, that's a whole nother topic as well that we could get into. But men are oftentimes left behind. And so uh, men aren't working like they used to. And then uh, you go, go into college. Well, you, you need a college education for a lot of jobs, right? Well, now, depending on where you look at, Wall Street Journal reported on this. Uh, Stanford has an article talking about the gender gap in college where, you know, you have about 60% females 40% males, give or take a few percentage points. And so more women than men are getting educated. And uh, that's discouraging. You know, again, what would be right, right? You would hope around 50-50. That, that would be ideal. But men aren't going to college as much. What else do we have? When it comes to homelessness, uh, men are the majority of individuals experiencing homelessness about 70 percent followed by women at around 30 percent so you have 70, 70 and 30 that most of the homeless population out there it's men men are struggling in that area as well what do we have when it comes to uh, the uh, prisons and jails the criminal justice system 
you have, let's see, women account for around 7% of the federal prison population. So what does that mean? Now, I'm not good at mathematics. You know, my education leans less in the mathematical direction. But if you have 7% uh, women in federal prisons, that means around 93% are male. That is a male-dominated area of life, unfortunately. And again, just like with suicide, you want zero and zero. You want zero men in prison. You want zero women in prison. But if people are going to be in prison, well, you you would hope is the wrong word for it. But for it to be kind of even, you, you'd want 50-50. You, you want zero, but like 50-50 if there has to be someone in prison. But we don't see that. 93% of our federal prison population is male. Man, men commit the overwhelming majority of various violent crimes. And... Uh, also, men, when they commit the same crimes as women, they get harsher sentences as well. And so, let's see, uh, women are 12 to 23 percent more likely to receive non-incarceration sentences. Women receive between 10 to 63 percent shorter prison sentences and are 26 percent more likely to be released on bail pending trial. Where, do, where am I getting these numbers? I'm getting these numbers from the Inquiries Journal, Social Sciences, Arts and Humanities. And uh, yeah, and, and so those are, uh, those are scary numbers and we don't like it. And so there have been various responses, various explanations. And on the other side of the break, we'll get to why people saying, uh, say, are saying that these things are the case and we'll talk about it. Y'all don't go anywhere, but why are men struggling in our culture? The numbers are scary. We'll talk about uh, the reasons for it on the other side of the break. Don't go anywhere. This is Priority Talk Radio, WXJC. Y'all stay tuned in. We will be right back. The UAB football season is in full swing and tickets are on sale now to see your Blazers in action at Protective Stadium. Visit UABsports.com to grab your tickets and stay updated on all of the latest information about upcoming games, great promotions, and deals for the whole family. Single game tickets start at just $20. Grab your seats today at UABsports.com. Don't miss a minute of the action. UAB Blazer football tickets on sale now at UABsports.com. UAB football, win is one. And we are back on Priority Talk Radio, WXJC. I'm your host, Nate Williams. Greg Davis is out traveling. And so it's been me tonight. And we've been talking about a whole host of good things from current events to conflict resolution for Christians, Romans 14. And then uh, on, on the second hour, so we are deep into the second hour at this point, a little past 6.30, we've been talking about masculinity and the crisis we've had in that area in our culture. Just talking about in the last section before the break, just some really disheartening statistics from homelessness to uh, crime and prison to, let's see, what else did we talk about? Just how men aren't in the workforce. They're, they're not uh, as well, really, the way it should be. They're despondent. They're despairing. Uh, they use drugs at a higher rate than women. And they, they just, uh, very various things. Uh, suicide, we talked about that as well. And uh, yeah, why? 
why is the question for uh, for this part of the show? Again, uh, the show runs from five to seven, Monday through Friday, one hundred one point one FM, eight fifty AM. So now we're into our second hour, and we are moving to the why. And to put it uh, really succinctly, just to summarize, as a culture, we don't know, but I'd like to take a couple pot shots at it. One explanation is that it's a natural adjustment. And so this comes more from maybe the left side, woke side of things, where uh, men have been toxic for far too long. Western power structures and systems have been built by white men, and they've been misogynistic. They've been full of hate and racism and toxic masculinity. Men have been aggressive, and they take advantage of uh, women, this, that, the other. And so now the pendulum is swinging the other way. Now that women have become more powerful and this, that, the other, now men are struggling to find their place in a new world and men are trying to figure out their toxic masculinity get their heads on straight and it'll take time they might get there it's okay women are the future la 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 that's one explanation and i don't i don't buy it but that that's one uh the other one is maybe a technology that as robots and things are more automated, time goes on, you, you think about what is the strength of men, oftentimes biological men. Their strength is literally their strength. And so as things get more automated and manual lifting and moving and physical building isn't as needed, it always will be. Believe me, I, I know uh, people who renovate homes and uh, construction workers. Like they, there, there will always be those kind of jobs. But when it comes to warehouse jobs, factory workers, things are getting automated at high rates. You think about even in uh, service sectors, restaurant industry, where uh, jobs are being replaced by robots to, to varying degrees and with various opinions about that. But anyways, so that's happening. So men whose strength is their strength sometimes find in, uh, in uh, the industrial revolution is now morphing into the technological rev revolution and it's just different for men. So that's one explanation, and I, I think that's something to do with it. But I think partly it has to go back to the uh, sexual revolution in a way. And so we'll go back to the 60s and 70s, right? Uh, some of y'all might look on those years fondly. Some of y'all might be like, well, I forget about those days and I'd rather never think of them again. I don't know where you fall on that. But anyway, so sexual revolution, what happened there? Uh, so uh, one thing, feminism came in and it had morphed and, and I get the waves confused. You had first wave, second wave, third wave, et cetera, et cetera. I get the waves confused. But there was a type of feminism at that time that took a few men in their lifestyles. You know, the men who were the, the playboys, they, they uh, slept around, the players. They could, you know, have as much various uh, romantic activity as they pleased and women said yes that is the ideal for women women should be able to sleep around as much as they want uh, 
women should be able to be aggressive, be uh, make as much money as men, and this, that, the other. And there were parts of that that made sense, like for instance, uh, money making and different aspects, and uh, running companies and being involved economically. But this wasn't your uh, grandmother's or great grandmother's version of feminism. Originally, feminism was for equal rights. So you think of voting and things like that. All for it. I think it's great. And so, but that wasn't this kind of feminism. This feminism idealized a perversion of manhood. This feminism elevated the aggressive male, the male who got as much women as he pleased and said, well, women should be able to live like that. And women can and women will. And so uh, women were told, go for it. Go after it. Get it done. Uh, set aside your femininity if needed. Don't be mothers. Uh, enter that cubicle. Work hard. And like I said, there are aspects of that that are just fine and good, and I don't mind. But what happened is women, women ambition, female ambition, was encouraged. At the same time, now you have more in modern times male ambition male aggression, that's discouraged. So if you think about men, men naturally are aggressive. This is biologically true. Men naturally take more risks. Again, studies show this. And this is part of the reason why men don't live as long as women. So there, there's some component to that. But men were made to go conquer. And what men have been told is that no, 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 no. Uh, women are yesterday's man, and today's man is yesterday's women, in a way, if that makes sense. And so men are told to be docile. Uh, men are told to be calm, patient, gentle, nurturing. And as much of that goes, there, there are aspects of that that are fine. I think it's good for men to go get therapy. I think it's good for men to talk about what's going on inside and not bottle things up. So there are parts of that that are good, but men were made to conquer. Men were made for challenges. We are task oriented by our biology, the way God made us. And we were told that the aggressive parts of our nature are to toxic and wrong, and we are at fault for the problems in society. And so what you have are a bunch of men that are told, don't dream. Don't go after it. Don't fight. Don't protect because those things are just violent and, and oh, just hyper masculinity and it's terrible. And so men are told to rein it in. And what happens is, well, when you neuter men, you take away that drive. You tell them not to go after and fight and war and conquer and, and take risks and explore new lands and all these things that are built into men. Well, they start to atrophy. They start to they start to wither and die. And men become, let's say, uh, they, they, they just kind of 
curl and crunch within themselves and they do drugs. They um, they can get into uh, various acts of, you know, being mischievous, committing crimes. Men don't get married because, remember, the family is another system set up by the patriarchy to subjugate women. That's some feminist thought right there. And so uh, families, you know, marriage isn't as emphasized and valued as, as it once was. And so men who used to have healthy outlets for that aggression, they don't have as many anymore. You think of, I, I can think of two that are still around, sports and video games. We have neutered our military. We've softened it. We've told our cops that they're systemically racist and terrible and we want to defund you. Uh, let's see, what else have we done? We've, uh, we've told our men that, you know, fighting is a bad thing. And so what happens is men don't have an outlet and they start to wither. And we've seen that, that withering of, of men uh, on our side. And that's what I would lean towards as an explanation for these horrible statistics. It's that men were made to do something something and that something's good aggression properly harnessed is a good thing risk-taking properly harnessed is a good thing and we've told men uh-uh uh-uh that's what got us into all the messes there and uh, you know men uh, women don't need men for that women can do everything on their own and men again we were put on earth to be the protectors of women protectors of our mothers our wives our our children our daughters our our sisters that's why men are here is to protect uh, yeah protect we're told that no that's not you anymore we don't need you for that and so men aren't getting married they aren't working they aren't doing fulfill, fulfilling the societal roles that God made them to fulfill, and we see that lack in the culture. And so on the other side of the break, I'll talk about what we can do about that, healthy ways of showing of, you know, of being masculine. But uh, yeah, we, we need uh, other avenues other than toxic masculinity, because I think to toxic masculinity is toxic because it's become it's become a weapon and so let's go in a different direction well friends again we will finish out the hour strong on this topic i'm so glad you've uh, spent your time with me tonight talking about all these good things this is wxjc radio priority talk make sure you listen in to our podcast if you miss it make sure you check us out online at prior prioritytalkradio.com y'all don't go anywhere we will finish out this hour strong Hey, this is Greg, and ever since the first time I visited Israel in 1999, I've encouraged others to also experience the land of the Bible for themselves. I'm wondering if you've ever dreamed of visiting the Holy Land and walking where Jesus walked. If so, why don't you pray about touring Israel with me in the summer of 2023? We will experience a 10-day pilgrimage that will include visiting biblical sites around the Sea of Galilee and actually taking an inspirational boat ride on the same waters that Jesus walked upon. We will also visit the holy sites in the city of Jerusalem, including Golgotha and the Garden Tomb. You'll also experience the Dead Sea and many significant Old Testament sites. The Bible will come alive to you like never before. Are you interested at all? Email me. Greg at PriorityTalkRadio.com and I'll share with you much more information about this trip of a lifetime. Email me, Greg at PriorityTalkRadio.com for more information on traveling with me to the Holy Land in summer of 2023. And here we are. 
back again here to finish out the second hour from six to seven and we're going to finish strong this is wxjc radio i'm your host nate williams for priority talk greg davis is out traveling and we've had quite the night on this thursday night talking about a lot of good stuff if you've missed it make sure to check out uh the podcast we have priority talk it's on apple spotify elsewhere y'all follow us on social media at priority talk stay up to date on all the cool things and so in this second hour we've talked about masculinity we've talked about men the the problems men are facing and why the various explanations given and so what what do we do what do we do with men who are struggling well you can i would encourage us to go in the Jordan Peterson route. So if you follow Jordan Peterson or you know about him, this is a demographic that he cares about deeply. And so he came out with a book, I think 12 Rules for Life or something along those lines, where he gives uh, rules for young men, particularly everyone, but I think young men is his audience in some cases, and he gives them rules for life. And so I think we should go more that direction. Men out there, boys out there, teens out there, whoever you are, wherever you are, go get it. Go after it. Be aggressive. Be, uh, how does Jordan Peterson put it? Like, you have a monster inside of you. Unleash it. Don't tame it. Unleash it. And then as you unleash it, discipline it, uh, develop virtues, be strong in the community to have have mentors that can help you uh, channel it in positive directions. But unleash the monster that you have to conquer and to win, because those are good things. The men out there, if you're listening, those are good things. Channel it towards having a, a family, develop, you know, get married. Marriage is a good stabilizing institution where men, you know, they're they're wild, Uh, women help to, you know, tame them in a way, and then men help to protect and provide. And now in modern times, maybe the providing can be done by both or can be done by women as well. That is A-OK, but protect your family. And so men, go get married, you know. Let's see, what else can you do? Uh, Work hard at a job, move up, get promoted, start your own business, uh, learn how have hobbies, uh, get into sports or video games, uh, whatever it might be, get involved in social issues. There's more in the news how, uh, let's see, there's a website designer's case that will be brought up to the Supreme Court over, you know, having to design websites for same-sex weddings or, or, or something like that. That was reported in the Christian Post. There's another story of the DOJ coming after pro-life people and prosecuting pro-life people. These are social issues that matter. Get up and get out there. Go and appropriately, I'm not encouraging violence. I don't want, you know, Greg Davis to come back and be like, Nate, what are you saying? You're saying a bunch of silly stuff, a lot of harmful things. Stop it. So hear me. I'm not saying physically fight people. That's not what I'm saying. Unless you're in the military and it's appropriate or, you know, I don't I don't know, police officers in various appropriate situations. Don't do that. But men, you can go out and unleash what you were made to do. Protect your family. Protect your community. Build things build organizations, build businesses, build your home, 
conquer things, conquer yourself through discipline, go to the gym, work out, go, uh, you know, run, bike, I don't know, go conquer business, whatever it might be, be aggressive, take risks, be great, hear me, be great. Again, in a Christian context, uh, God told Abraham that he will make Abraham's name great. Now, in a Christian context, it's not for your glory. No, it's for the glory of God. So hear me well with that. So when I say go be great, it's not so that you can gain some sort of social media following. No, be great for the glory of God. But that's how you use your masculinity uh, in order to unleash a better society. Men, be good fathers. Get involved in your children's life. Don't run away from the challenge. Go and be a great father. Go be a great husband. Is your marriage struggling? Do what you need to do to set it right. Apologize. It takes a great man to apologize. So if you're heading home right now, I know, what is it? It's heading towards 7 o'clock. Let's say you're going home from somewhere or from work and you need to apologize to your spouse for something. Go do it. Watch your marriage grow. Work on yourself relationally. It, it can be, it's a strong man who knows that he needs to develop and grow emotionally. And so in, this, in these modern times, what it means to be a man might, might be a little different than 500 years ago or 1,000 years ago. We might not have to fight wolves or explore new lands, whatever it might be. But you can still be a man as you were meant to be in a modern context. So for those of you struggling with your school and you're like, man, maybe I should drop out. Keep going. If financially you can, keep going. Stay in the fight. For those of you uh, struggling with your marriage and you're like, man, maybe I need to leave. Maybe it's my time to go. Stay in the fight. It'll be worth it. Put in the effort. Put in the hours to get to know your wife and your kids. Maybe you're at a, a dead-end job and, and you're not sure. You're like, man, I'm comfortable in this job, but I think there's something out there greater for me. Go for it. Uh, make sure things, you know, financially are are the way they need to be. I'm not encouraging reckless decisions. I don't want to get calls tomorrow night from wives being like, you told my husband to go leave his job and now we're broke and we're going to have to, you know, leave our homes. No, n none of that. So, like, make good decisions. But but don't don't stay forever at a dead-end job if you know God is calling you to step out in faith and take a risk. And so these are the kind of things that as men you can do. I think of when it comes to defending and adv defending and advancing the Christian faith, I'm an apologist. I love preaching and teaching at churches. You know, if you ever want to have me come out and talk about various social issues or preach for your church, I'd love to do that. Make sure to reach out. But that's another way that I can quote unquote fight for the faith like Paul you know Paul used the in, in Ephesians chapter 6 the imagery of spiritual armor the armor of God we're in a spiritual battle so for the men out there gear up 
grab your sword, grab your shield, get prepared. There's a lot of darkness out there and we need men to fulfill their societal roles as husbands, fathers, leaders, warriors, fighters, go and do that. And I think if we tell men to go be aggressive and take risks, these things will turn around. But when we tell men that your very nature is toxic and bad, they're going to start to wither. And I think withering is the right word because then they'll, they'll, they'll let it out in other ways. You think of, I don't know, pornography. You think of maybe crime. You think of, uh, you know, losing yourself in a video game. Like, for instance, I have no problem with video games, but, you know, moderation is what we're after, right? So all these different things don't go in that direction. Your masculinity is fine. Just harness it. Unleash the monster inside of you, as Jordan Peterson puts it, and then discipline it in a good way so that it can meet, it can reach maximum efficiency. And so those are just some of my thoughts for tonight. Again, we covered a whole host of issues in the first hour. We talked about various current events uh, from transgender ideology to uh, pastoral problems to conflict resolution. And then in, in the second hour, we've talked about masculinity and the problems there. It's been a great time these two hours. Y'all, I'm so glad you joined me. And as is my custom, I'll, I'll finish with the gospel, right? We always want to end strong with the gospel that God made you for a purpose. And you might be out there driving. Maybe you're listening on a podcast. You're doing dishes. I don't know. But you were made for a purpose. Don't doubt it. God loves you. He has a plan for you, even though sometimes it's dark and you don't understand why God is letting you go through some things or why certain things are happening. Stay strong. It's going to be okay. Remember, we always look to the end of the Bible, the last few pages, and I'll spoil it for you if you haven't read it, but the good guys win. God is sovereign, and he'll take care of us. So I know we're out there struggling with bills. We're struggling with health. Maybe because of inflation, we can't save like we used to. Hey, I'm there. I'm there with you. But we know our ultimate hope is in the cross, and that's what we cling to. So if you're out there struggling as a man or even as a woman, you know, we have our wives and mothers out there. Y'all go through it a lot, having to raise your kids, protect your family from a lot of dark forces out there. Y'all stay strong. We'll get through this. We'll get through this. Y'all make it to church this Sunday. Y'all reach out to your accountability partners, your friends, family, check in on them. Make sure they're doing okay because we all need that community. And together, it's going to be all right. We'll stay in it. We'll stay in the fight because it's a good fight. And one day we'll stand before God and we will hear the words, well done, my good and faithful servant. And it'll all be worth it, friends. It'll all be worth it. Well, y'all, that's all I have for tonight. Y'all be out there. Be safe. Spread the good news. Let people know what Jesus has done for you. This is WXJC Radio Priority Talk 101.1 FM 850 AM. My name again is Nate Williams. Y'all, I'm so glad you could spend time with us. Y'all be good. Stay safe. Drive safe. And I will talk to you later.